You're listening to Clearing the Haze, episode 18, Change, the Good, the Bad, and the Absolute Ugly. Welcome to Clearing the Haze. I'm your host, Chuck Marting, and this week we're talking about change, the good, the bad, and the absolute ugly. Now, this came up because of all the different things that we're having going on, not only in our industry, but in our country, in the news, everywhere. There's just immense amounts of change that are going on right now. It's just in the air. And I don't know if the stars are aligned or what's going on, but man, all these changes, and it's hard to keep up. We have all kinds of things going on. You know, I just got back from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, we went down there to the FMCSA Clearinghouse meeting that they had, talking about the changes that we're experiencing in our industry with the Clearinghouse. And it's still amazing to me how many people are still not informed about the Clearinghouse with FMCSA. Now, is that because they're choosing to ignore the things that they're getting in the mail that they're getting by email. I don't know. I mean, sometimes we get into that funk where we just kind of put things off. I know with our business, sometimes, guys, we get so busy that I'm lucky to remember what day of the week it is, let alone whether or not I remember to answer emails or if I return telephone calls. It can get pretty chaotic pretty quick. But one thing is constant in life, and that is change. You know, President John F. Kennedy had a quote that he made on embracing change. And what he said is, change is the law of life. And those who look only to the past or present are certain to miss the future. And that is no truer of a statement than what we're experiencing right now with FMCSA. A lot of us were so caught up with the, the clearinghouse coming into play And then they had to throw us a curve like the last week and a half of December and decide to change the FMCSA selection pool rate for drug testing from 25% up to 50%. Now, I'm not going to complain because, hey, they just gave us a raise. However, their timing sucks. Okay? We were so busy doing the FMCSA, now we're having to scramble. Okay, not only that, but now they need us to put all driver's license numbers. Now, I don't know about you guys in experiencing uh, trying to get a hold of clients to get driver's license numbers. That has been the biggest headache that we've experienced in a long time. It amazes me that people will readily give me their social security number without batting an eye. Now, is that because that's just the way it's been with FMCSA for so long and they just expect it? I don't know. But going and asking them for their driver's license number is like asking for a rite of passage (laughs) for some of these guys. They will not give it up. So we have to go into talking to them and explain to them, hey, look, this is the way it is. This is what FMCSA is requiring us to do now. It's going to be something that's going to be very helpful in the reporting process and allowing employers to be able to track people that are coming and going. And you explain that all to them, but they are still having a real hard time giving that up. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself going, 
I've got your social security number, man. I, if you're worried about how much damage I could do, I could do a heck of a lot more damage with that than I could with your driver's license. Now, not that I would do something like that. Look, I, I, I've seen the damage that people can do with social security numbers, having been a police officer and investigated a lot of frauds and things like that. Uh, believe me, I am very, very skeptical and very reserved when it comes to who gets my social security number and who doesn't, okay? But it just amazes me, just amazes me. It's been like pulling teeth trying to get driver's license numbers. So that's a change. Now, we're seeing change not only with that, but we're seeing change throughout our country. Here in the state of Colorado, we have a House representative that's trying to make a change to the lawful activities law that was already ruled upon by the Supreme Court in a case involving Dish Network and an employee that had been fired for coming back positive on a marijuana random test. And just to make a long story short with this with this story, when it went to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court came out and said basically that Colorado's lawful activities law, which in a nutshell says what you do on your own time is your own time. And one of the examples they had in there was alcohol. That you can't punish somebody for drinking off time or when they're not at work. And that makes sense, okay? But then they were wanting that to also cover marijuana. And the Supreme Court ruling that came out basically said this. State law cannot supersede federal law. Therefore, the lawful activities law does not apply to employees if they're smoking marijuana, participating in using it, and ingesting it, or anything else. And then they return to work. An employer can still fire you for using marijuana if it comes up on a random drug test because of the way the drug acts and because it is against federal law. It's still illegal. It's a Schedule One drug. Now, we have a House representative here in the state of Colorado that's trying to take this on right now, and it's very interesting. So the House representative by the name of Jovan Melton is introducing House Bill 1089, which prohibits an employer for terminating an employee for lawful off-duty activities, even if those activities are illegal under federal law. So in an article that uh, Mr. Milton was interviewed for, which is Westward, which is a magazine or a a newspaper, I guess, that you can call, it, it comes out weekly, and he did a... Peace with Westward. Now, it's interesting to note, I have sent our House Representative Milton uh, an email. I've left him voicemails asking him to come onto this podcast, not for me to be argumentative with him or to attack him or anything else like that, but to have him explain to us this bill. Because I can tell you guys right now, this stuff started in Colorado, and they're testing the waters with this bill. And I'm going to talk a little bit about this bill here in just a second. But what he said in this article with Westward was that he was approached by the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws at the beginning of 2020, and they shared the story of Brandon Coates. 
Now, Brandon Coates was the individual that took this case all the way to the Supreme Court in 2012 with Dish Network that the Supreme Court came out and ruled that state law could not supersede federal law. So it's very interesting that they're still bringing this up, that they have not let go of this, even though it's been already uh decided by the Supreme Court, and this happened back in 2012, and here we are in 2020, and they're still going at it. Now, long and short of it, if you haven't heard anything about the Brendan Coates case against Dish Network, I will put a link to that in the show notes for you to be able to look at it. But suffice it to say, he sued Dish Network over firing him, arguing that he was never under the influence at work. The company didn't argue against Coates' claim that he was ever under the influence at work. However, they pointed out that the Colorado law, which was the lawful activities law, refers only to activities that are legal under both federal and state law. And that was what got him. He had a random drug test, came up positive for that, and then they went ahead and fired him for violating their drug-free workplace policy. Now, what I want you to do is listen to the response that Mr. Milton gave to Westward regarding his feelings on the Brendan Coke case and how it was ruled. He said, I, he said, I can't believe we've had this much oversight and lack of protection for someone who's using medical marijuana or even recreational marijuana, which is something that is legal in Colorado, especially since we're supposed to regulate marijuana just like alcohol. But alcohol users are not in the same type of jeopardy as someone who's using marijuana. I feel like it's kind of almost discriminatory. Say someone can drink alcohol but not smoke marijuana. House Representative Milton, my friend, you really need to call and talk to me. (laughs) We're talking about two different drugs here that do two totally different things. And they are absorbed in the body differently. They're excreted from the body differently at different rates. So as hard as everybody would like to go ahead and compare marijuana to alcohol, trying to make it safer, to try and justify the use of and legalization of it, it ain't going to fly. You need to educate yourself on this. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, if you're believing that, you really are missing a lot of information and you need to be educated on the differences between the two. But according to his bill, what he is presenting uh, and wanting to go forward to the House of Representatives here in the state of Colorado is that his bill would shield employees from being fired for off-hour pot use under the same law that provides protection to alcohol and tobacco consumers. So Under that measure, if an employer fired a worker for marijuana use outside of working hours, that employer could be sued for wrongful termination, even though it's still illegal at a federal level. He does clarify, however, that employees who work under federal guidelines, such as airline pilots or postal workers or truck drivers, his words, wouldn't be able to use the law as protection from being fired, however. So in the future, what he's wanting is this to pass. Now, how is this going to affect any other measure that comes forward with the lawful activities law? Well, let's look at it. The city and county of Denver here in Colorado has legalized a certain amount of psilocybin mushrooms for possession, that they're not going to write you a ticket for that. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is how the legalization of marijuana started in the state of Colorado. We had a certain amount that was looked at saying, look, officers are wasting their time writing tickets to these people that have just a little bit of weed on them, and then they end up getting going to jail, and we do all this other stuff. Look, guys, I can tell you, I lived it, all right? That's not how it would go down for a lot of these guys. You're talking repeat offenders who continually were arrested for this, and they're trying to minimize this by saying that it's not something that's harmful to you, which is a totally different podcast, let me tell you. But this is the thoughts that are going into this law that this House representative is saying to reporters and to news outlets here in the state of Colorado. So in Representative Milton's own thoughts on this is that what he is doing is, is he's creating a new law. This law has been on the books, the the lawful activities law when it comes to alcohol and tobacco use. But what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to expand it. He says that the the way that it's written now, it's broad enough to cover anything the legislature would legalize in the future. Uh, and that he didn't want a future legislation to come back and revisit this one when they legalize something else. So he says that he's already received support for the bill from fellow representative, representative, there we go, Jonathan Singer from Longmont, but he will likely face opposition from the organizations representing business owners. I wonder why. The National Federation of Independent Business uh, publicly praised the Supreme Court's ruling in 2015, calling drug policies a necessary means of employer protection, while the Colorado Chamber of Commerce just told the Denver Post that it will likely oppose the bill based on feedback from its members. But Representative Milton says he's, he's set to meet with several business groups to talk about the bill this week. Now, one of the biggest organizations that we have that are pro-marijuana in the state of Colorado is Colorado Normal. Um, and it's spelled N-O-R-M-L. And they have been pushing for legislation addressing employee rights in regards to off-duty marijuana use for over five years. But this is the first time that they've been able to have somebody present and introduce a bill. So what they believe is that support for this bill is going to come largely from the medical marijuana and cannabis act activist organizations like Canapatient, uh, Safe Access Colorado, just to name a, a couple of them anyway. But they also think that there are lawmakers that should look at state rights issues as well and jump on board with this type of legislation that's wanting to go forward. So basically what Representative Milton has done is he's gone in and he has changed some of the language a little bit and it's now about employee protection for lawful activity. And he's saying that we're, that they're not really looking for any special treatment just for cannabis users that they offer protection for alcohol, so they're asking for protection of people that use cannabis. The bottom line is what they're wanting to do is they're wanting this bill to set an example in what they're hoping would cause a rewriting of employee handbooks about how businesses are going to treat and fire their employees and on what grounds is being able to be fired. And they're looking at the language of the bill. Again, that bill is going to be 
Um, House Bill, I just have it right here, House Bill 1089. And what I want to do is I'd like to read just that bill, just a little bit, the snippet that they're wanting to change so you can see how they're wanting to change it. Now, how they feel this wording is going to affect a state law not being able to supersede federal law is beyond me. But maybe some of you can respond to this in the comments and the podcast or even email me on your thoughts on this. But I can tell you right now, if you're not dealing with this, you're going to. Just the beginning of January, the state of Nevada for pre-employment, an employer is not able to test for marijuana. And one of the things that they're looking at with this law, and, and let me get it out and we'll talk about that here in just a second, but I want to share that this law with you real quick. So I'm going to put the link into the show notes for House Bill HB20-1089, the Employee Protection Lawful Off-Duty Activities. What it says is concerning the clarification that the prohibition on an employer terminating an employee for the employee's lawful off-duty activities extends to activities that are lawful under state law, even if those activities are not lawful under federal law. The long and short of this bill, as I said, I'm going to go ahead and put it in the show notes. I'm going to let you guys read this bill in and of itself to gather your own opinion on this. So I'm going to give you my opinion after reading this law and the way that they have it worded. And I'm hoping that Representative um, Milton is listening. I gave him the address of clearing the haze. I don't know if he'll listen to it or not. But I'm doing this just voicing my concern right now so that it's known, so that he knows where I'm coming from. So should he choose to come on to the podcast to talk to us about this, he already knows what my stance is. Basically, what I am reading when it comes to this is that they're going to take away the rights of the employer to be able to have a safe and drug-free workplace if this bill passes. Basically, if you have somebody comes in for reasonable suspicion or if this person comes in and has a post-accident in the workplace... If you were to drug test him, regardless of whether it was true or not, the individual says, hey, I smoked weed on my off time. There's nothing you can do about it. Essentially, they're right. You would not be able to do any testing or do anything with this employee because your hands would be tied with this type of bill because the employee is saying that what they did was lawful. It was on their own time even though now it's affecting you as an employer. So that's the part of the bill that needs to really be corrected. The other is I don't understand or even think that it would be legal for them to come out and say that even though an activity is lawful in the state of Colorado, like it, is, it was said before with the Supreme Court, state law cannot supersede federal law. And right now, Marijuana is a Schedule One drug, which means that it is illegal under federal law. What these guys don't understand is right now, the state in, in the state of Colorado, that the feds came in, they could shut everything down. And that's for any state in the United States as well, because everybody is breaking federal law right now. Now, are they going to do it? No. If they were to do any of that, 
I think what they would do is they would probably attack the recreational marijuana more so than they would medical marijuana. I don't think there's too many people, including our president, that's wanting to have that type of distinction of being the person that's going after these people that are suffering and hurting and everything else. It's just a whole big play on on how people are bullying people and being unfair. And that's not the case. And that's not the case of this episode of Clearing the Haze. What I'm trying to do is to convey to you, the listeners, and our employers, our business owners, this is a direct attack on you. If you're in the state of Colorado and anybody that's outside the state of Colorado, it's coming your way. If they are able to pass this and they're successful, then they're going to go ahead and take it to all these other states. I can tell you right now that Colorado Normal is chomping at the bit, just waiting for this thing to go through. And they're hoping that there's not a lot of people that are paying attention to this. Now, I know that Representative Milton said that he was going to meet with business leaders and discuss this bill with them. And I'm kind of interested in where these bills where these hearings are going to be or where he's going to meet with people. And I am going to do my best to try and find out where these are and to be able to attend myself and to be able to have the opportunity to ask him questions. And and I'll tell you right now, guys, even though my my head wants to explode with this just because of the misinformation that is here and, and how it's going to be presented, I am truly looking out for the best interests of my clients and business owners at this point, because this is the type of bill that can destroy any business. It only takes one individual to get into an accident or gosh forbid, end up hurting or killing somebody and an employer being sued because this person was under the influence of drugs. Regardless, that person that was driving isn't the one that's going to get the total effect of that. They're going to go after the businesses. They're the ones that are going to suffer from this. But you as an employer have the right. The Supreme Court has already said that you have the right to determine whether or not you're going to allow this to be in your workplace. We have a lot of non-DOT companies that have second chance policies, which they can have. But I can tell you right now, we need to have a safety carve out in the federal law should they go ahead and declassify it? And, and I got news for you guys. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when and how soon. It's going to be legalized on a national level. It's going to be decriminalized as far as being a Schedule One drug. And we know that. We can see where this road leads. However, we also have to be very prudent in the way that we do this and accountable. We cannot allow certain professions to have access to this because it's still an impairing substance. It's an addictive uh, substance as well. I don't know about you guys, but I really don't want to get back on a plane with a pilot knowing that they can go ahead and smoke marijuana without being tested, without being drug tested, because if they reschedule this, and this was one of the questions that I asked to FMCSA yesterday in Atlanta, if that happens, that essentially means that for all DOT positions, they will not be testing for marijuana, period. And in the talks that we had yesterday with the FMCSA, 
marijuana is the number one drug that's coming up on drug tests right now. And I know that's not a big surprise to everybody, but it should also show show us, and we should learn from our past mistakes, that this is a substance that's addicting. It's something that is coming up for everybody. We have seen the effects of it here in the state of Colorado over the years. And those statistics are there. And I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but guys, if we are not aware of what's going on in our own communities and state, laws such as this one are going to pass and they're going to get by us and they're going to affect every one of us, even if we do not own a business. All right. So again, this is going to be uh, House Bill 20-1089. I will put it in our notes for you to be able to review it. I'm also going to put Representative Milton's information on there. Not that I want you guys to harass him, and I don't think any of you would by any means. But I don't think it would be uh, too much to ask for you to maybe email him and let him know that you would love him to be on clearing the haze, that I'll give him a fair shake. I want to hear his reasoning and logic behind it. And like I said, not to attack the man, I believe that everybody has their own reasons for doing the things that they do, regardless of whether or not I agree with it or anybody else agrees with it. That's what the what makes our nation such a great place to be, that we are allowed to have free thought, that we're able to have our own opinions and things like that. Even though we're going to disagree on on things as far as this bill is concerned, I still want to know what his reasoning is. I really want to know if he even took into account what or how this is going to affect business owners. Because I don't really think that that, I think that's an afterthought right now from everything that I've read in interviews with people that he's done and in the bill of itself, it really does not impress me at this point um, of being anything other than a way of protecting employees from being fired if they were to go to work and be under the influence of marijuana. That's the bottom line. That's how this law reads. You know, change in and of itself is an ever-revolving thing. We've seen changes that were not great, like I said in the beginning, are pretty ugly. And then there's others that have been very good for not only ourselves, our society, but us as a country as well. So in contemplating change, there's a couple questions I would like to have you ponder and think about. The first one is, why am I resisting this type of change? Why is it something that's going to affect you or whatever the case may be? You know, why are you resisting that change? The second thing is, what am I afraid of that might happen if this change does occur? especially in the example that we gave in Clearing the Haze today with this House bill that would change the whole process in the state of Colorado and it would seriously affect every business owner in this state. The other is the one question that I would like to ask Representative Milton is, what's the payoff for keeping things the way that they are or by changing them? The other, what's the cost? Is this going to be a cost that's going to hurt us 
in, as a society, as a state? Is this something that's going to affect us nationally? Why are we the ones that are going to be the testing ground for something like this and this type of law? And what I mean by that is when I first moved here to the state of Colorado, when my wife and I first got married, Colorado was known for skiing, for outdoors activities. People came here from all over the world just to ski in the state of Colorado. Now, many people here that listen to Clearing the Haze here in Colorado can probably relate. Now, whenever we go somewhere out of state, the first question that's usually asked if it's not family already, because they already know the answer. (laughs) But the first question that we usually get is, ah, you guys can smoke weed there. And we have to unfortunately look at them and shake our head and say, yeah, there are people that do smoke weed in the state of Colorado. Fortunately, we're not ones that partake in that. And as a result of that, we end up having some pretty interesting conversations with people because they don't realize all of the fallout that happens when something like this is legalized and people partake of it and how it affects you as a family, as a community, and as a state. So a couple of things that I want to do is just let you know on the next couple of episodes that are coming up what we're looking at doing. First, I'm wanting to do some stuff on background screening services, how they work, what you should be looking at, especially now with the clearinghouse. We have individuals that are having to do that, but there's also some companies that are wanting to do it themselves because of their non-DOT people. And so they're wanting to be fair. If we're having to do background checks on these people, we need to do it on the rest of our employees as well, which I think is a pretty good idea. And so we're going to have somebody that is more well-versed on this than I am. And I'm just waiting on a confirmation date to be able to put that together for you guys and have that podcast up and ready to publish and put out to us. We're also looking at having a couple more podcasts regarding the Clearinghouse, an update that I'll probably give you on the next one, maybe, depending on the people that I have calls out to right now that are going to come onto the show to do a couple of podcasts with me. I'm wanting to go over the stuff that we learned yesterday with um, the FMCSA in Atlanta. If I have time, we may even get a second episode out this week. Don't hold me to it, but I'll try to get a second one out before next Tuesday. Thank you for your patience and allowing me to present this episode of Clearing the Haze today on Thursday. We usually try to get this out on Tuesday, but all the traveling and everything else that's been going on, man, it was just a bear trying to get this into the can and get it ready for you all. I love you guys. I'm happy to do this. It's been a really fun experience, and we're starting to make a difference. And that was the whole point behind doing this podcast, was to get stuff out to address some of the issues and concerns that we're having and to try and educate all of us and to help us be better collectors in an industry that needs us and they need the services that we provide. So until next week, remember, it's your vision, it's your dream, and it's your business. Take care.